You are listening to the Fancy Free Podcast, where my girlfriends and I tell our most embarrassing funny stories so that we all feel less alone in our imperfections and forge connection through vulnerability and humor. Today, I'm talking to a brand new girlfriend, Tara Clark. She is the creator of Instagram's at Modern Mom Probs and the author of the new book, Modern Mom Probs, A Survival Guide for 21st Century Mothers. On her platforms, she normalizes the tough conversations around motherhood, which is totally my jam. So I think she and I are going to get along awesome. Tara, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much for having me, Joanne. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, fill in the blanks. What did I miss about who you are and what you do? You totally hit the nail on the head when you were saying about normalizing the tough conversations around motherhood. And that's what I love so much about your podcast. I'm like totally fangirling about that because you (laughs) talk about the stories that people don't feel alone. And I'm like, that's what I do on my platform. And so, you know, here we are talking about either it's embarrassing things or really like true life, like mom truth sort of things. I started my Instagram page back in 2017. I was a new mother living in New York City. I didn't have a lot of friends. And I was like, I'm going to start an Instagram page to sort of make fun of living in New York City. I was sort of lampooning it. But then at the same time, I also wanted to like reach out to other mothers and have a creative outlet. The page was very modest at first, but then we actually moved out of the city to the suburbs. And then I changed the name from NYC Mom Probs to Modern Mom Probs. And then the page just exploded from there. And so, you know, I didn't have city problems anymore. I had suburban problems. And so (laughs) (laughs) it was sort of a different thing. But as, you know, time went on and the page grew, it went almost less about humor and more about uplifting and empowering moms. And so that's, you know, the gist of Modern Mom Probs. I've been very lucky in what I've been doing. And even before my son was born, I worked at Nickelodeon in social media. And I was Dora the Explorer on Facebook. And the funny thing is my mother would always like run around and tell people that I was Dora the Explorer. And I was like, no, no, wait, mom. No, no. On Facebook. I'm Dora the Explorer on Facebook. I'm not actually Dora the Explorer on the show, (laughs) on the cartoon or in the movie or anything like that. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. You're using your powers for good to inspire mothers. Not only are you lifting them up, but you are giving them a place to share, share truth about how hard it is to be a mom. They're right where they want to be. And yet it's way harder than they thought, you know? Yeah, no, I I totally know. And and the interesting thing is, even when I had my son, my son is eight, social media was so very different eight years ago from where it is right now. Eight years ago, we had Facebook and we like took a picture of a sandwich and we said, oh, we had lunch today, you know, where you were like checking in at work (laughs) or checking in at the gym or something. No one was really speaking those truths. And fast forward now, we have so many amazing platforms where mothers and parents can be honest about the struggles that they face each day. And I'm so glad to be a part of that. I I had three miscarriages before my son was born. Mm. No one was talking about that. There there was no conversation around it. We didn't even tell our families because it was Mm. so taboo. I mean, some of my friends knew, but, but we never went to our families about that. And now here we are saying like, okay, I had a miscarriage. I can say it. I could write it. People can read it and then it resonates with them. And they say, yeah, me too. Thanks for talking about it, Tara. I really appreciate that. I love that we're now in a generation of women who can speak that truth and and who could feel confident enough to talk about the hardships and not just sugarcoat everything or sort of just like push it down and repress it. Yes, I love it too. All right, let's get to know you a little better with your rapid fire questions. Do you have a song lyric that you got wrong that's funny? 
Yes. So historically speaking, I always thought that I, I knew song lyrics. And my husband is a firm believer. He's adamant, like, no, Tara, you never get these song lyrics right. Like, he can <laughs> hear a song once from 60 years ago, and he knows every song lyric. So we, we always sort of have this battle at home. However, there <laughs> is a, a song by LMFAO called Party Rock. And it's like, Party Rock is in the house tonight. Okay. There's a part where they say, no lead in our Zeppelin. I always thought they said no Lennon or Zeppelin, meaning that they couldn't play classic rock music. And my husband said, of course, <laughs> what? Why would, why would they take a firm stance against classic rock in that song? And I was like, well, I don't know, because they're like, you know, it's a party song. They want to like have a party music. They don't want to listen to like John Lennon or Led Zeppelin. And he's like, no, that's you totally not- worked it out in your brain. <laughs> I absolutely did. And I said, no, no, like, it makes sense. And he was like, listen, Tara, like the kid who wrote that song is like Quincy Jones's son. He's a famous music producer. Why would he take a stance against a certain kind of music in this song? And I guess, I guess that makes sense now. All right. There's no lead in their Zeppelin. They're flying high. Okay. I get it. But I, for years, I was saying no Lennon or Zeppelin. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I love it. I, I, but I'm with you because I just fill in the blanks when I don't know song lyrics to the point where I used to sing lullaby to my kids when I was nursing them as babies, like every single time, because I'm a total creature of habit, but I didn't really know the words. I just made them up. And, you know, I could have looked them up on the internet. I didn't bother. I was like, yeah, my words are good enough. (laughs) I was the same way. I used to sing uh, Dream a Little Dream of Me to my son when I would nurse him at (laughs) night. And then, like, I'm sure I filled in a lot of words on there. (laughs) Sorry, Mama Cass, but I really... (laughs) Exactly. We we meant it with love. I sing California Dreamin' to my kids. And oh, I, I have so to apologize good. to Mama Cass too, because I'm sure half of my words are wrong, but I'm like, well, there, there are words now. <laughs> they are. There are words now. The Mamas and the Poppers are like perfect lullaby songs. Oh my gosh. I know. Love it. Okay. What was your first live concert? My first live concert was Tiffany. Uh, I don't know if anyone really remembers Tiffany. Yes, I do. So in 1987, I went to see Tiffany and she had a little unknown band uh, open for her. And it was a group of like five guys. And my mom said, oh man, keep your eye out for these guys. Cause they're really going to make it big. And I was like, you think so? And she's like, yeah, yeah. Keep your eye out for them. So then two weeks later, the new kids on the block absolutely exploded <laughs> on the scene <laughs> and they opened up for Tiffany. And that was my first live concert. Oh, that's amazing. Your mom should have been a, a talent scout. <laughs> I know, right? I bought a concert t-shirt at the Tiffany show in 1987, and I kept it in my drawer for like years and years and years. And then in college, I think I was like a senior in college, Tiffany performed at my college and I brought the t-shirt and she signed it. Wow. You're kidding. That's amazing. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So many things had to happen for that to be possible. I'm very impressed. Now, do you still have it? Yes, I'm sure it's at my mother's house somewhere. Uh Uh-huh. My mom doesn't throw anything out. Yeah, I'm like that too. Tell the listeners all about your book. I can't wait to hear about it and I can't wait to read it. Yes, yes, yes. I can't wait to send you a copy. The book launches April 20th. It's currently on pre-sale right now on Amazon.com and Barnes & Noble. It's called Modern Mom Probs, a survival guide for 21st century mothers. 
And it goes through 99 different modern mom probs. But ultimately, I say, you know, we got 99 problems, but motherhood ain't one. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Some of them are serious, like maternal Mm -hmm. mental health. And some of them are lighthearted, like how to swaddle your baby or clip fingernails like a werewolf. (laughs) So it sort of has a cadence of, you know, there's serious things and and lighthearted things. And it's meant to help modern parents feel like, no, they're not alone. But this is the one book that you could look at and say like, okay, now I see like, if someone took a snapshot, you know, of what modern motherhood was like in 2021 or 2020, when I wrote the book, then they would say, you know, okay, now I see what's going on here. Like, it's sort of just like a glimpse mm-hmm. into the zeitgeist of, of modern motherhood culture. Oh, I love it. Okay, I have a, a niece that has a four month old child, and I can't wait to send her a copy. This is so exciting. Yay, thank you. Yes. And also listeners, as you know, if you sign up for my newsletter at fancyfreepodcast.com, scroll all the way down to the bottom, give me your first name and your email address. And I promise I won't spam you. I'm way too lazy for that. I send out one, <laughs> one newsletter every month, maybe this month I skipped it. There are always ways to win books and other swag from the show in my newsletter, and I will be giving away one of Tara's books. So if you're interested in having an opportunity to win that, then sign up for the newsletter. Yes, this is so exciting. And tell me, what does book publicity look like in 2021? Are you having virtual signing parties and things? Or how does that even go? I know. Womp womp. It, it's sad because yeah. it's not like how, you know, historically how you have, you know, a launch party in person or like book signings or anything like that. Tour. Right. It's, it's yeah. not that. So it's been um, a lot of wonderful podcasts like your own and uh, a lot mm-hmm. of Zoom calls and that sort of thing. And so we are going to be having a virtual book launch in April. So stay tuned for that. It's a lot of virtual things. Unfortunately, nothing in person. Yeah. Oh, doggone. Well, it's okay. This is just one of our modern mom probs, right? And we're getting around it. We're figuring out workarounds, aren't we? we you have to. Yeah, that's it. Because modern moms are very resourceful. Yeah, we're flexible, we're resourceful, and we're creative. So we'll get it done. Well, as you know, the point of this podcast is to show our underbellies to the listeners so that they realize even people who look like they mostly have it together have lots of not so fancy moments and they are not alone. So what do you have for us today? So during the pandemic, it was sort of like early in the pandemic when food was sort of hard to come by at the supermarket. Uh, We wanted to make some pizza and I said, oh, let's make pizza. This is fun. You know, everyone on the internet's making sourdough bread and they're making their own kind of pizza and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, we can make our own pizza. So I go into my pantry and I look and I'm like, well, do I have flour? Mm, No. Do I have yeast? Mm, No. Do I have any of this stuff? And I was like, not really, but oh, I have pancake mix. So I grabbed pancake mix and I was like, oh yeah, we are so totally going to make pizza out of pancake mix. Brilliant. Well, you think, one would think so, right? So I, I, I Google it online. Obviously, a recipe pops up because recipes pop up for everything all the time. You could Google the most random recipe and there's going to be a recipe for it on some blog. Someone has tried Someone it, even if it didn't go well. It. Yep. Someone has <laughs> tried it. But but when they do it, it always looks amazing. The photos look gorgeous. They tell a whole story about it. It looks great. So, you know, mm-hmm. I pull up a, a food blogger post about it with the recipe and I follow the recipe along perfectly. And so I'm using pancake mix as the dough for pizza. 
Then I, you know, pour the tomato sauce on top and then I add the mozzarella cheese and then we bake it in the oven and we're so excited. You know, it's like my husband and my son and I, and like, this is the project we're doing this afternoon. We're all doing it together. It's so much fun. So ding, the timer rings. I open up the oven. I'm like, well, it looks, it looks okay. So I mean, like physically it looks like a pizza. So we, we take it out and I use the pizza slicer and I slice it up and we take bites and instantly everyone goes, yum, bleh, ooh, bleh. <laughs> it was so bad, so bad. And I was like, I'm trying to convince them like, oh yeah, no guys, it's, it's not so bad. Let's not waste food. You know, it's not so bad. They're like, this is horrible. <laughs> it was almost like if you put tomato sauce on a cookie and ate it like that. So bad. It was embarrassingly bad. And so I have to say, like any time in my life, like when I was thinking about, you know, a story for this podcast and just in general, any embarrassing things I ever have are always kitchen related. They're always my kitchen fails. (laughs) I am just notorious at kitchen fails because I think I can make something and then I don't have the right ingredients. And it happens every time. I don't know why I don't learn. You're very resourceful. I'm impressed. Thank you. I was trying. You know, here we are. I think it was like maybe April or May. Like I said, the stores mm-hmm. hardly had any food and uh, the pizzerias were closed and, and we just had a hankering for pizza. We call that inventory reduction in our house when you're like, what do we have? What can we do with it? This might be weird. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to start using that phrase because I do the same thing. My, my husband teases me about it, but I'm like, no, I like to use the food we have. Exactly. That's what happens sometimes. <laughs> it's like putting tomato sauce on a cookie. <laughs> oh, that's so great. You probably just had to throw it away in the trash, huh? I tried to scarf it down, but honestly, between yeah. us, I just I just couldn't. No, we had to toss it. Yeah, doggone it. I could have written out that recipe, put it on a blog, and then <laughs> took those pictures, and people would have been like, oh, yeah, this looks good, because it really did. It was like nice and golden brown on the on the crust on the corner, and the, and the cheese looked uh-huh. nice. But no, it really <laughs> did not taste good at all. Oh, my gosh. It reminds me of the time that I made cinnamon rolls out of cake mix, and we were all like, oh, Ooh, like we all like sweets. We all have a sweet tooth and they were way too sweet. And I got it from a food blogger recipe. And I was like, well, I feel betrayed. That's exactly <laughs> Besmirched. That's bewildered. totally something I would do because I'm constantly like, no, I can make this out of that. And you know what? Oftentimes I cannot. <laughs> right. But then, you know, you get encouraged by the successes because there really are a lot of substitutes you can make in the kitchen and it works out fine. Like if something calls for buttermilk, you can just put some lemon juice and some regular milk and it's fine. (laughs) Exactly. Those ones I feel like are like time tested. So I I trust those, but I I don't trust the things that I do. Yes. I'm not above the kitchen fail. What have you been loving lately you think the listeners might love too? I have been wearing a lot of sweatpants recently. I am in love with the Cozy Earth clothing line and bedding, and I'm just such a huge fan. So Cozy Earth, just to explain, is made out of bamboo material, and so they have like sweatshirts, they have sweatpants, and they also make sheets, and I am absolutely Mm. in love with all of that. What I love about the sheets, too, is that they're temperature regulating, and you know, I get like hot Mm. flashes at night, and so I'm a sweaty mess, but (laughs) the, the sheets actually sort of combat that, so I'm a huge fan. Oh, that's amazing. 
What is one surprising thing about you that nobody would be able to tell just by looking? You know, you said just by looking. Normally, I would say, well, I look like Alanis Morissette if people <laughs> if people saw me, but that's by looking at me. No, uh, I am an only child with an only child. Oh, interesting. Tell me about that. What was it like being an only child and did you set out to have an only child? Both good questions. So for me growing up, my parents were divorced when I was very young. I was two when they divorced. So I was, you know, an only child. Neither of them had any children um, after that. I loved being an only child because you were able to have all of the uh, attention from your parents, you know, on either side. And Mm -hmm. uh, I loved it. And we actually have several only children in my family all of whom are like hmm. tremendously successful, like either like they're in finance yeah. or they're attorneys. And we've had like good luck with only children in our family. And then for us, we have just our son, Jack. And that was sort of a product of infertility issues in the beginning. Like I said, uh, I had three miscarriages before my son was born. And then I, after that, I had hmm. inexplicable infertility. And so I had to do um, oh. IUI three times to get pregnant with Jack, which is so bizarre because I, each time that I got pregnant with those miscarriages, I got pregnant the first time we tried. Wow. And then I couldn't get pregnant for like a year after that. It was so bizarre. Oh, that must've been such a heartbreaking time for you. It really, it really, really was. It was a really challenging two to three years. Hmm. So on the third IUI attempt, I got pregnant with Jack and luckily he lived and he, he decided to stick around, which is wonderful. And When I was pregnant with him, Sam, my husband, and I decided, we sort of made a pact with each other. And in our pact, we said, if this baby lives and if he is healthy, we will never ask for anything ever again. We'll never ask, not for not one thing. That gives me goosebumps head to toe. And so that was it. And so that's why he he was our one. And we never wanted to rock the boat or ask for anything above and beyond that. He's our one and only. We have several cats though. We have indoor cats. We have outdoor cats. I'm a, I'm a crazy cat lady. <laughs> I don't mean to be. Me too. Are you? Oh, oh my gosh. I am a total accidental crazy cat lady. Our girls each have a cat that they received for Christmas several years ago. And those are our indoor cats. And those cats will eventually move out, right? Because they're our girls' cats. But then out here in rural Montana, apparently up our road, people dump cats or there's just this like this you know, flock or it's not a flock, but I don't know what it is of feral cats. Mm -hmm. But these feral cats, they sometimes will pick out a household and become tame. So we're on our second barn cat who loves us so much. And the first barn cat fell in love with my in-laws when they were here for the summer and they took her home. We now have Bobcat because my husband named her who is our barn cat and she does an excellent job. But then at night we let her into our bedroom, but she can't mingle with the indoor cats because that would be ugly. She sleeps with us in our bedroom and then we let her back out in the morning and she is an absolute delight. And I sound like such a crazy cat lady saying that, but every night I look forward to going to bed and letting Bobcat in because she's just this fluff ball of joy. And she purrs so loud and I just love her. So what are your cat's names? Oh, I love it, Joanne. That makes my heart so happy. So (laughs) yes, so I feed the feral cats in our neighborhood. And so now they are all of our cats. (laughs) We have two indoor cats, Ollie and Penelope. Ollie's about one and a half. Penelope's old. She's going to be 15 in June and she's not doing well right now. So I I feel sad about that. Mm. She was our fur baby. We've had her, you know, way before our son was born. So she always will hold a special place in our hearts. Uh, And then we have the outdoor cat. So there's Kit Kit, who is the mother. She birthed Donut 
And Donut is like our baby. <laughs> Donut has like five different names we call him. We call him like Donut, Golden Obsidian, Bupo. We call him all different silly names. And so he is like our love of loves. He was born in September. We just absolutely love him. And then his father, Pickles, who is like this very large orange cat. He's like a pure, true tomcat. But what's actually really sweet is that Kit Kit, Pickles, and Donut all like spend time together as a family. Like how my son Ugh, and I and so my cute. husband all spend time as a family. It's very clear. However, now there's a new one. We call him Obi Cat Wanobi. He is a new male who is creeping oh, no. up in the neighborhood and he's trying <sighs> to get with Kit Kit. And we don't know how we feel about this situation. Oh my goodness. Kit Kit has a suitor. Does she has a suitor? <laughs> and it, it, I don't know what, how my son got this in his head. He said, Oh yeah, well, Pickles is Kit Kit's ex. And I was like, what? Where did you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that's right. Cause Kit Kit's the mom, not the kid. Yeah. I'm, I'm picturing a teenage cat with a suitor. Oh, I'm scandalized. <laughs> I should explain that the baby is male. So Kit Kit is actually the only female outdoor cat that we have. But I just love them. And when we see them, it just makes our whole day. Like like how you said about you're really looking forward to sleeping with Bobcat at night. Like when we see the baby, oh, it just makes us melt. Like we absolutely adore, adore, adore these cats. I love that. I have a flock of 16 chickens. And this is recent because I'm a city girl. And I love them so much. And this month, we're getting two cows. One of them's pregnant, and they're half-sisters so they can keep each other company. There's been heavy cow naming negotiations going on in my family because I want to name these cows something cute. And they're dual-purpose cows, so we're going to butcher some for meat, and some are going to be for dairy. And so my daughter and my husband want to name them Meat and Teat. And I'm like, clever, (laughs) but no. Oh, that's too good. Oh my gosh. Okay. Two crazy cat ladies who could talk about their pets all day. Yes. All right, listeners. Sorry. We'll get back on track here. (laughs) Okay. Tell me about the Blue Dot Project. The Blue Dot Project is a campaign that's part of uh, an organization called 2020 Mom to bring light to maternal mental health. And so the the Blue Dot Mm. Project particularly centers around ending the stigma of maternal mental health issues. And I'm so fortunate and so excited that they chose me to be their 2021 spokesperson of the year for the Blue Dot Project. That's exciting. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. It's very exciting because on Modern Mom Probs, we talk a lot about maternal mental health, which is needless to say, an important thing mm-hmm. to keep on top of mind and, and for have people to be able to speak to any of the issues that they've either suffered from or, or currently are suffering from. So I was really excited yeah. about that. I, I've never you know, been a spokesperson before. Amazing. I can't wait to watch that unfold. I am definitely passionate about maternal mental health. And I'm so glad that organizations are shining a light on it. And thank you so much for being willing to be the spokesperson for that project. That is amazing. I'm really excited to be able to be a part of it. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Where can our listeners find you online? Sure. So on Instagram, they could find me at Modern Mom Probs. Uh, on my website, they could uh, it's www.modernmomprobs.com. And Facebook, it's also modernmomprobs.com. But I'm not on Facebook as much as I am Instagram and on the blog. Awesome. Oh my gosh, Tara, you have been such a fun guest. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. This was an absolute blast. 
thank you so much for listening to the Fancy Free Podcast today. Make sure you check out the show notes for today's episode at fancyfreepodcast.com slash episode 98 to get all the links that we discussed today. Next week, we have Shantia McIntyre on the show, who is an influencer that I found on Instagram and has a funny story about bike riding. Remember to subscribe to the show so that new episodes pop into your feed each week. Also, if you have a story to tell, let's do a listener story. Go to fancyfreepodcast.com, click the red button, record a voice memo. I'll clean it up on my end, and then we'll feature you in listener stories. If you want more connection, laughter, and sharing, join the Fancy Free Facebook group. I have one ask today, and that is that you would tell at least one friend that you think would have some fun with a Fancy Free podcast about the podcast. Have a great week, and remember, no one is as fancy as they look.